Welcome to Pioneering Today with me, Melissa K. Norris, where I inspire your faith and your pioneer roots. I show you how to grow your own food, heirloom gardening, how to preserve your food at home, and modern homesteading. Tune in every other Friday as I share proven strategies that anyone can do to live the pioneer lifestyle. Make sure to head over to melissaknorris.com and subscribe to receive free Pioneering Today articles and updates. So one of the things that I have always been fascinated about is how the pioneers grew everything themselves. So they didn't go to the grocery store uh, or order stuff online. And they were just, they were so self-sufficient. And, you know, from their their vegetables to their meat. I mean, usually the only things that they would save up and, and buy in bulk or go to the store and trade for, you know, would be... Um, They didn't grow wheat themselves to grind so that there would be flour, salt, sugar, and coffee would be the major things that they would get. And so if that was all that we bought from the store, uh, can you imagine if that was the only things that you bought from the store and everything else you had on your own property or, you know, you traded, bartered for, but that was the only thing that you went and purchased? Um, That's an awesome goal. (laughs) Um, And I think it's amazing. And so we have been moving more and more towards that every year we try to do a little bit more and a little bit more so and one of those things is um that I've always been interested in is is raising your own meat and wanting to do more and more of that and probably because it's um fairly easy to find um organic vegetables and fruits especially if you buy them locally and in season and from the farmer themselves um, you can have an easy, easier way of doing that and at a more affordable price. Um, but, you know, your meat prices, especially the grass-fed organic meat, can be really expensive. And, and I understand why. I know the cost that goes into it and the certification for organic is um, an amazing process um, that requires a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of work. And so, most farmers, um, if they're just on a really small scale, they just can't afford it. Um, and so a lot of times if you're locally looking for meat, you can find grass-fed organic beef. It, it just won't be certified, uh, especially if it's a small-scale farmer. So a lot of times you can just go to them and, and talk to them and say, you know, what are your practices? You know, what do you feed your animals? And you can you can get um, uncertified organic grass-fed beef that way. Um, and so that's how we raise our our beef. We do our own grass-fed beef. Um, and we're not certified organic. It's just for our own family. And so there's, there's no reason for us to be certified, uh, but that's the practices we do. And I know a lot of lo- smaller local farmers um, do use those practices. They're just not certified either for the cost in their small operation. But um, so even though we've, I've, um, and if you're interested in raising any of um, your, your beef and other animals, um, you can go to melissaknorris.com, click on the podcast button, and I have past episodes that you can listen to. And one of them is raising your own grass-fed beef, knowing, you know, what that entails, um, how to raise the, the beef if you don't have property. Actually, there's ways around that um, and where to find the beef and that kind of thing. So, um, but today what I want to talk about is, so for the next step, because we've always done our own grass-fed beef, um, so I've just from the store mainly had to purchase pork, pig, um, and chicken. And so, you know, the, the prices these days, um, are going steadily. I think all of everything seems to be going up. Um, and so money wise to, to be able to purchase the organic, um, pasture raised chicken and different meats is kind of spendy. 
I do believe it's worth it, but I know not everybody can afford it and it can be an, an expense. Um, and then two for us is um, we have a great small um, grocery store in the town that's about 10 miles from us that I can get some things at, but they don't always have, um, you know, the full on organic grass fed stuff or it's limited. So um, for me, I don't always have the time or the money to drive an, over an hour to the big city <laughs> um, to find some of this stuff. And so, and of course, in a preparedness type situation, I like to know that I can replenish my food and that I have a way to do it. So raising um, more of our, the meat besides our vegetables and the more of our food ourselves is something that, that we're really big at and that we're learning more and more and we're doing more of. So um, we first started out with um, our laying hens because I wanted... Um, chickens that would lay our own eggs that I didn't have to get um, eggs from the store and farm fresh eggs are oh my goodness so much better um, if you haven't had farm fresh eggs oh my goodness you're missing out and so we started with our our hens and the first year that we did hens we started out with little baby chicks that we got that were oh so cute <laughs> from the um, local farmer supply store actually that we have near us and so if that's um something that you're interested in to getting laying hens. A lot of people start out with laying hens um, because depending upon your zoning, now you'll have to check with your, with your city and, and where you're at and your zoning, if you can have um, chickens, but a lot of um, cities will let you have chickens um, laying hens. Um, I think you're limited by how many and that kind of a thing, but you can check into that. So laying hens seems to be something that a lot of people can do. And so your options are um, getting your chickens um, when they're babies um, and you can get them either from like a local store, um, a hatchery. You can do mail order actually. Um, so you can check those out. We got ours from our local farmer's market. But the thing with chicks is, is they need a really warm space when they still have their down before their feathers come in. So they're going to need to be under a heat lamp. And um, it's best if you have them where they're under the heat lamp in the, in the small area that you don't have. Um, we actually have a, a round oval. It was actually... Um, a pond insert <laughs> for a little backyard pond that we never put in. And so we put ours in that because it doesn't have corners. So if you have corners, when you're putting the chicks in, they can get trapped in the corners and sometimes they'll get trampled um, or they'll get caught in the corners. So if you have something that doesn't have corners, um, that's really best to put them in and you'll need the heat lamp and then they need water and their food. And so you'll keep them in, in the heat lamp area um, in the heated area for usually about three weeks until their feathers start to come in. And it's going to depend on the time of year, your weather, how cold it is, that kind of a thing before you can move them into the coop area. Um, and so we, of course, we prefer um, to do ours as close to nature as God intended them to be. So we like to do um, pasture raised or free range um, where the chickens can go out and they can be in the grass and they can eat the bugs and they're not trapped um, and we'll, you know, stinky coop or cages as um, you would see in commercial farms. Um, so once they have their feathers and are big enough, then you can move them into um, the coop area. So you're going to need a coop or area that they can go at night. Um, one where they can lay their eggs. So you're going to want to create little nesting boxes. And generally they don't start laying eggs. Um, it's going to vary on the breeds, but usually until about um, ours were about four months before they started to lay. Um, and that was the first ones that started to lay. So anywhere from like four to five months before they're going to start laying. So you know that you're going to be, you know, feeding them and taking care of them as they're growing before you're going to be getting any eggs out of them. Um, and so 
that's one one way that you can start your flock of laying hens. Um, and then you get to pick your breeds um, and that kind of thing. And you know how they were, you know, raised start to finish. But we actually have found, so that first year, that's what we did. We got the chicks and we raised them up. And then we had a um, coop with a run out area for them. And then we would let them out during the day because we live um, fairly rural and we have lots of coyotes, um, bobcats, raccoons, you know, your wildlife. <laughs> and so um, we didn't let them out at night just because of the predators. And then um, we were having leaving them out during the day. Well, uh, my husband and I both still work um, outside the home, not on the farm. Well, we do a lot of work on the farm, but that's not our sole, <laughs> our sole thing. So um, when we were at work, we would let them go in the morning once, it, you know, and then we would come back. Well, the problem with that is when you have young chicks, they don't have the defense mechanisms in yet. They ha- they don't have the training. They don't know how to be aware. And so once the coyotes or the predators figure out that there's free meat, so to speak, chicken buffet <laughs> on hand, they will keep coming and coming and coming back. So unfortunately, by the end of that year, we had started with, I want to say we had like 15 chickens. And by the end of September, we had one. And so we just decided that um, our neighbors had a a really good coop and um, existing flock. And so we gave her to them. Um, And then we didn't do chickens for a couple years. But I was determined that we were going to have chickens, especially, um, you know, I wanted the, my eggs to know that they were genetically modified free, um, that the hens not only were, or, you know, raised, pasture raised and that kind of thing, but I wanted to make sure that the feed that they were having didn't contain genetically modified um, ingredients in it. I wanted healthy farm fresh eggs. So we, um, this time around, we're a little bit smarter. <laughs> and so this is what I would recommend um, as we did is we bought um, hens that were already laying. So, um, got them from a couple different spots, actually. Um, if you're, um, like on Facebook or Craigslist, um, check it out, put the word out locally that you're looking for laying hens. And a lot of times people will get too many, decide they don't want to do it anymore. Um, just want to reduce the size of their flock, numerous reasons. So we were able to get, um, six one-year-old laying hens and so um, went and, and picked them up and brought them home. And then this time, my husband actually, we built a movable coop with a chicken tractor. So a chicken tractor is essentially a cage, a wire cage that is movable. And so it's the benefit of having free range chickens without them being um, exposed to the predators. So, and it's really great for our pastures um, for a couple reasons. So we have, um, actually we have the, the chicken tractor and I'll, um, put some pictures and stuff in the resource sections of this. So if you're listening to this online, you can go to melissacanorris.com, hit on the podcast button and go down and find the um, chicken episode. And then you can see pictures and I'll, I'll link to some different articles and that kind of thing for you. So you can see what I'm talking about. So we built on a um, old, I think it was an old boat trailer. He built our coop. And so that has um, a roosting area in it and the laying boxes. So when they lay their eggs, we can gather them. And then there's a ramp that goes down to the chicken tractor. And it's a large rectangular um, box framework of wood with chicken wire over it. And it has two little, it was actually the um, old training wheels from my daughter's bike because she doesn't need training wheels anymore. And so we use those training wheels and um, put them on the back. And so it's a movable chicken tractor. So it's really great. We move it around our pasture. Um, And so 
it works. The chickens will tear up the grass as they're eating it and they're good little diggers. So that's actually great for us because it helps aerate our pasture. And where we are, moss actually is kind of a pain in the um, in the rear <laughs> on your pasture and your grass for the cows. So the chickens help fertilize it um, and then they help tear up the grass. And so it really works great. And then we move the chicken tractor so that they're on fresh grass um, and that they're not um, sitting and burning the grass in the pasture from being let on it too long from their um, their urine and their poop because chicken poop is quite hot. So um, it has a lot of nitrogen in it. And so we kept it moved frequently so that it doesn't damage any part of the ground. Um, and then they're always in fresh grass and fresh food. And then if we are home during the day, um, we will let them out and they can just range around the, the pasture and the yard. We keep our vegetable garden fenced so that they aren't in there pulling up my plants and um, being where I don't want them to be making a nuisance. <laughs> um, but this has worked great for us. And the great thing is, is one, I got eggs right away and I knew that I was getting chickens and not roosters. Now, if you want to have roosters because you want to hatch out um, a rooster can help protect the flock, then then that's great. Go ahead and get the rooster. I didn't want fertilized eggs. I don't plan on having my chickens sit on the eggs um, and hatching them out at this point. And so when you get them and they're already laying, then you know you're not getting roosters because a lot of times I know a ton of people have went and gotten, they were supposed to be all, all um, hens. And then once they get a little bit bigger, they discover that there were some roosters in there too. And so then they're stuck with some roosters. And if you have too many roosters to your ratio of hens, um, then that's actually not a good thing when the roosters will fight with one another. And then they actually will um, bug the hens, uh, use your imagination there too much. And they can actually um, bug them so much that they'll pull out the, the feathers on their backs um, and can kind of make them raw. So um, one of the benefits of getting older chickens and usually chickens will lay really well up to um, about three years. So um, three years and they're still producing eggs. Ours are laying pretty much every day. All of them lay sometimes every other day. Um, so I'm always getting, I get fresh eggs every day, sometimes more than others. Um, and so getting your hens like that when they're already laying, so you don't have that waiting period where you're putting money into their feed and their care and you're not getting a return yet. Second, you know you're getting hens. Uh, which is has been great. And then the other thing that's really nice about buying these is they're older and so they've already established some of their life skills. So they're less likely to get picked off by the predators because they know they know to stay to stay aware. They kind of know what to look for um, and that kind of a thing. So we've had, um, we did have them out and we did have a, a coyote come through and he did get one of my hens. Um, actually, it was last month. And so we've... Um, all the neighbors have been on alert because actually it was kind of, um, I was actually getting ready to jump in the shower. My daughter was at home. She's just five and it was about 10 o'clock in the morning. And our chicken tractor at that time was right next to our back, um, within the pasture that borders our backyard. So it was like, I don't know, maybe a hundred feet from my house. So right off my back deck and I looked out broad daylight, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and there's this coyote and he is like 20 feet from my chickens because I had let him out because I was at home that morning. And I'm like, I, you know, I just pan. I'm like, oh, you know, he's going to get in the chickens. The chicken, they hadn't seen it. It was stocking, you know, it was coming in. And so I ran right by where we have the gun. <laughs> and I run outside on the back deck and I'm yelling and running at this coyote. Now, I don't know what I thought I was going to do once I got up to the coyote, kick it. I don't know. Um, I was just like in panic mode. You're going to get my head. You know, a mama hen was going in there. I was going to save my baby, my babies. <laughs> so I actually got out 
about halfway to this coyote before it turned and started to run. You know, it wasn't overly scared of me and it was right there. And that actually kind of made me a little bit nervous, not just for my chickens, but because, you know, we have a lot of small kids. We have babies and stuff in our, our neighborhood. And I don't like it when wildlife gets that comfortable. Um, one for my livestock and and then, you know, for my, my kids. You know, my kids are right there playing. And so anyhow, um, so we um, put the word out to the neighbors and there was actually a pack of six coyotes that was crossing right up the road from us um, that everybody in the neighborhood was seeing. So um, we started pinning the, the chickens up until um, we decided it was safe to let them out. Um, but it, he did get one hen, um, but it's been, you know, like a month since and none of the other ones have gotten. And so um, be- because the hens are older, um, they're just more aware. So I actually recommend if you're going to be doing um, laying hens that you look into getting some older hens um, because we've just had much more success with them. It's just, it's been great. So, um, you know, and when you're doing the, the laying hens, we, um, when they're free ranging or in the chicken tractor, then they eat, um, they don't eat as much food that we have to buy. And of course, you know, back in the pioneer days, um, they didn't buy chicken feed so much, you know, they would grow some corn for them and that kind of a thing, but they were expected to free range. And so the chickens love, oh my goodness, they absolutely love like apple scraps. So like apple cores, um, those kind of food scraps, they, they just love them and they eat them up like crazy. So I save my, um, kitchen scraps for them, not meat products, but the vegetables and fruit, and they go crazy over that and really enjoy it. So that's been, um, another way to use that, that when we're not putting it in the compost pile, that's been great. Um, and then the chick, they're funny. Chickens are comical. They have their own little personalities, Um, and we've just gotten a kick out of watching them. In fact, now, um, and I would recommend this if you're going to free range them in order to get them up at night, if you need to, or you need to leave, you know, emergency or you see, you know, a danger to your, to your hens or whatever, um, as we have ours trained, so to speak. So chickens love blood worms. So you can get dried blood worms, um, as like a, a snack. And so we will put in some chicken scratch and some of the blood worms in a bucket and we'll shake it and call them and then we'll give it and they love it so much. So they'll just come running. So, and they do the same thing now for if they see that I have apples. <laughs> so I will go out, um, not every day, but when I have extras and I will just call them and, um, you're gonna probably laugh at me and just go here, chick, 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 chick. And so when I do that, they know that I have the treat for them. And so they will come running and they are quite hilarious. When they hear me call, they are booking it across the yard. So I have like these six hens follow me. And so then I will run to the coop because <laughs> I have to get ahead of them because they're pretty fast. Um, so I'll run to the coop when I need to pin them back up into the chicken tractor. And then I'll toss the scratch and the um, blood worms in there. And then they go in and eat them. And then I can close the door to the chicken tractor and then and then they're up and safe. And so that's been um, really fun. The kids love um, going out with me and watching them. Um, and they just, you know, they really bring a lot of enjoyment. They do when they're they're ranging, which is one thing that you need to know if you have them out free ranging is they come in the, you know, the backyard and they do try to get up on our deck. And of course, chickens do poop a lot. So we're, um, the kids, the rules, you see them on the deck, you need to go chase them off. So they'll go and chase them off the deck. Um, and so you kind of have to, you know, watch. They, they do um, go to the bathroom a lot. So if you're going to have them free ranging in your yard, that's something that you just need to be aware that's going to happen and to look for. Um, and then they like, chickens love to take um, dust baths. And this actually helps keep the mites and um, and stuff off of the, the vermin and stuff off of them as they, they bathe in, the, in dust. And so um, we had a little area that had some dirt, some bare, the grass wasn't growing there. And I thought that the dog was digging. <laughs> and I come outside 
And there's all four chickens just like down in this hole, just covered and just happy as can be taking their little dust bath. And I'm like, okay, it was you guys. So, you know, they will dig and scratch in your um, flower beds. In fact, they um, really like the sawdust that I have laid down on our raspberry bushes. So they love to go and scratch there and kind of get down and, and lay and create little holes there. And which doesn't bother me and it's not disturbing the plants. In fact, it's adding, you know, a little bit of fertilizer. So if you have a really manicured lawn and flower beds, then the chicken tractor and not any free ranging, it's probably going to be what you want. Um, you know, we don't really care. We're, you know, I like my yard to look nice, but we're more um, into, you know, providing for the, the chickens and the chickens providing for us. And so um, we did have a light on for heat in the coop. Um, we have a, an outdoor um, electricity source. And so we were able to run a heat lamp for the coldest part of the winter um, in there when it got really cold and, and down way below freezing. Um, and so they um, didn't produce as many eggs throughout the winter, but I still got eggs throughout the winter. And then of course, now that it's spring, um, I'm getting eggs almost daily. Um, and so for us, a family of four, my uh, daughter's five, my son is nine. And then my husband and I, we have um, six hens. And that seems to be just about right because I usually average about four eggs a day. Um, and so that has been just right for our family to keep us, you know, going. So this is going to depend on how many eggs you and your family eat. If you want to have enough eggs that you can, you know, sell them or barter to neighbors or whatever, um, you want to do. And so the other thing about the farm fresh eggs is, is great is, um, I, I was doing some research on this and it's so funny. Wait, did you know that the United States is one of the only places that refrigerates their eggs? Um, so when you get eggs from the, the factories and stuff, they send them through washes and sometimes this, you know, involves you know, bleach and other things. Um, and they wash the eggs. And so when you wash the eggs, you're actually washing off the natural coating on the eggs that comes out when the chicken has them. So this coating is what, um, because eggshells are very porous. And so the natural barrier that the chicken has on them, this, this coating keeps, you know, bacteria and, and different things from the out from the egg and so um other countries just leave their farm fresh eggs they don't wash this coating off and they just leave them on the shelf for a long time weeks if not longer um and the beauty of it is if you have your own eggs then you don't have to worry about shipping time and you're eating them fresh almost on a daily basis or within a few days from when the chicken lays them so they're extremely fresh and you don't have to worry about that so um I actually don't wash our eggs because I don't want to wash that coating off um, because if you wash that coating off then things as you're washing it, if there's anything on the outside of the egg as you wash that coating off, then the water is pushing whatever that is through the shell. So your number number one best bet for having clean eggs if you're raising chickens is to keep their laying box clean. So take out the straw um, and, and just keep it clean and because they will poop in their nest. <laughs> Um, you know, they're, they're chickens. So um, if you keep that clean and keep it nice and tidy, then there's normally not anything on the egg to clean off. Um, so that's my, my best bet. And then a lot of people too, if there does happen to get, you know, a little bit something on the egg is they will do a dry brush method. So let's use like a stiff dry brush and then we'll just brush off whatever's stuck on the egg. Um, and then if you, for some reason, if you really need to to wash the egg. Um, I, there's been a few times where we have not gotten the box cleaned out soon enough or, um, for whatever reason. And so I'll just take a damp, um, paper towel or damp cloth 
and just wipe off anything and then and then put it in. I don't submerge them in water and scrub them and or use any kind of solution or anything on them. So that's been um, that's been a really um, fun thing is to to have the eggs and I'll you know I'll leave them just sitting out on the counter. And then I actually was looking at some different ways that people will. Um, preserve their eggs and because my hens are pretty much laying all year um I don't have to I don't have a need to preserve my extra stock but a lot of people if their chickens don't lay in the winter time um or you know they have extra and they want to put it up for layers one is you can do pickled eggs so for pickling you use vinegar and you can make pickled eggs and that's a way to preserve your eggs for a long time um shelf stable and then another method now I haven't tried this but I was reading where other people will take their farm fresh eggs and they will use mineral oil and they will completely coat the egg in mineral oil and then they will leave it on the shelf um, for months and that's how they preserve it. Now I haven't tried that, but I'll link to the article that I was reading on on that for you in the, in the resource notes, which you can look at com under the podcast button um, and check that out. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then a one way to know if, say, you you know were gone or one of your hens, maybe it was a, if you did them from chicks, this happened to us the first year when we raised them from chicks. We didn't realize that she had started laying yet. <laughs> and so I went out and there was all of these eggs that she had hidden and was laying. And so, um, unfortunately, they were bad. And so the, the way that you can tell if an egg is bad or not, and this works excellent, is to take water and put the eggs in water and it needs to be water deep enough that um, that covers the eggs totally so if an egg floats it is bad it's not any good throw it away and of course if you open a bad egg you'll know it from the smell there you won't need to do the water test but if you're in question um you can do the water test this works with you know store-bought eggs any eggs so if it floats then it's bad toss it out um if you put it in and just part of it starts to stand up then you know that it's on its way to being bad. So the goal is for them just to be fully submerged all the way at the bottom, down on their side. Um, and so that's one easy way to test your eggs if you think they're good or um, to tell if they're good or if they're bad. And then another thing about having, um, you know, your own eggs is because I know we feed um, when we do, when they're not just totally free ranging or, you know, eating the scraps and stuff from the house is we do um I purchase organic non-GMO certified feed for my chickens and it is more, it's a bit more expensive. Um, it, it not an extremely amount though. Um, at our local farmer's supply, they have, um, I think it's a 25 pound bag. I don't think it's 40. I think it's 25 pound might be 40. Um, and so it is $24 for the organics certified non-GMO chicken feed. And I think for the other brand, it is for the non um, organic, I want to say it's like $17. So it's not that much more. Um, and then for our hens, that one bag lasts us well in the wintertime more because there, there's not as much for them to eat, um, free range and foraging wise. So in the wintertime, that bag lasts us about, about two months. Um, and in the summertime, it lasts us much, much longer. Um, and so, so for us, and I know there's a lot of people who will make their own chicken feed and you can do that with different grains um, and that kind of a thing. And so you can totally make it yourself um, for cost and time wise for us. It's just more, it's easier and it's more beneficial for me to purchase it because I have a local source. Um, but I will provide links to those so you can make your own, definitely make your own with different grains and that kind of a thing. 
um, for your chickens. And so that's always an option, especially if you order things in bulk. Um, and I know you can also order online in bulk from, I believe it's Azure Standard. Um, you do have to have a, a drop zone to order from them. Um, you can't just order directly online. You have to have kind of like a like a little buying group or a drop zone already in in order to order from them. But I know that you can order some of your farm feed in bulk from them as well. So there's some different options there that you can use. Um, but we just, um, the chickens have been really fun for us. And the kids, it's great because it's it's teaching the kids um, one responsibility. So they go, they are, you know, responsible for keeping them off the deck, <laughs> one. And then um, they have to help feed them, which has been really good. And then they also... Um, my daughter loves to go out and help me gather the eggs. It's like one of her favorite things. And so every day when she goes out and gather the eggs, she has a counting. She has to count and tell me how many we got. And if we got more, then she gets really excited. So that's been fun um, to do. And then the kids enjoy, you know, they get a kick out of knowing that they've raised um, their food and it comes from our farm. In fact, um, this is going to be a two-part series, actually. So the next part is going to be on raising meat birds and butchering them at home. Um, and so with the with that, um, is a little bit... is was very different from the hens, um, but it was really pretty cool. And it was also um, awesome with the kids to know from the full life cycle of the chickens and stuff. So I'm going to be sharing about that in next week's episode. Actually, we'll do part two when that's going to be on raising your own meat birds and then how to butcher them at home. Because I think knowing how to do it from start to finish and the full, you know, all on what it takes is, um, is great when it's much more um, frugal and economical to do it all yourself. Um, it's a life skill, you know, that if something ever went, went wrong where we didn't have our local, you know, your food supply, or you weren't able to go to the store and purchase things that you know how to do this ahead of time, that it's something that you've already accomplished. And then for us, it's peace of mind of knowing exactly what's in our meat, how it was raised, um, and that we have it already on hand. So that's going to be um, what we'll go over next week will be part two. So I hope um, this inspires you to look into getting some backyard hens. Um, and we'll, they'll have article links for you to go and look at. So thanks for joining us. And I hope that you're enjoying and learning about pioneering today. And make sure to head over to melissaknorris.com to subscribe for free modern homesteading updates to help you live the simple life.